Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogue and Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Deshaun Watson week. It's here. It's being talked about a lot. And it should be. It should be. Because that's what the Bears are going to live with for a really, really long time. We all know that. So it's uh, Deshaun Watson versus Mitch Trubisky, Adam Johns, Bears, and Texans at Soldier Field on Sunday. Welcome in. Are you ready? You ready for it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> we've already joked about him like counting the twelve, using his feet, and we all know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's what was. I don't know if George McCaskey has made his mind up quite yet with what to do with Ted Phillips, Ryan Pace, and Matt Nagy, but Deshaun Watson butt kicking could certainly help the cleaning house thoughts that come to mind. Yeah. No, um, and that's why that's why the game still matters. You know, like, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it, this is the first week that it feels like, all right, breaking down the game is uh, a little meaningless because it's not going to affect the playoffs or anything like that. But uh, it does matter in how it all looks, right? Like, the Mahomes game last year was not a good look. But at least the Chiefs were a really good team. They went on to win the Super Bowl, and you kind of knew that coming in. And so no one was really surprised. But these Texans aren't great. No. They they were mostly a dysfunctional organization in the year 2020, and Bill O'Brien was fired because of it. So the optics matter. Is it a good game? Is it a close game? Do they blow a lead again? Do they just get completely blown out? Does Deshaun Watson throw for 500 yards like the the specifics of what happens Sunday, I feel like, do matter. Yes, you have the Texans, like you said, who are arguably a more dysfunctional franchise than what you have, especially in the last few years, and especially this year with you know Bill O'Brien and what that fiasco became under Bill O'Brien. But they still got that quarterback. They got that quarterback right. Yep. That quarterback's still pretty darn good. No matter how bad that team is, that quarterback is still putting up a fight every single week. That's It's true. It's true. So uh, plenty to break down here. We're going to talk to Aaron Reese, who covers the Texans for The Athletic here in a little bit. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns. 
J-A-H-N-S. Read us, NBCSportsChicago.com. I got a column up we're about to talk about. Johns wants to call me crazy. I probably am. That's okay. I'm used to it. And uh, TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. And you should. Great deal. Well, I'm losing track of the deals. Where are we at now? We're it's at the, one dollar uh, a week right it's, now. It's, no, it's the two and it's, it's the two for one, um, like the Christmas oh. deal, the the holiday package deal. You know, buy one get one to to give to some. Ooh, yes. One is a gift. Yes. So if there's someone, uh, I think loved I did one that with life, my dad a few years ago. See, yeah, I, I like f- that. When I first signed up for the athletic. There you go. There you go. So you're a good uh, model for this. So. Get a subscription, give another one to uh, a beloved family member, friend, or rival fan or something like that. So great deal. Um, I also got a good deal on, on my book going that I want to be sure to mention. Uh, everyone knows I wrote the book, The, Bear, the Big 50, uh, about the Chicago Bears. And I got a promo code for you that will get you 30% off on the print edition only, but 30% off if you're interested on it right now. Good you know, stocking stuffer. Um, so here it is, Shy Bears 30. That's Shy Bears 30. Get 30% off the print edition of the Big 50, the men and the moments who made the Chicago Bears. 30% off. Man, I could have used that last week when I finally purchased it. Patience is a virtue. <laughs> well, it wasn't because I was patiently <laughs> waiting for my media copy for like yes. two months. Yes. Thanks but for lot- supporting me. Is the good, loyal friend that you are yes. with, a, with the heart of gold. And where do people go to use that code? Um, go to triumphbooks.com. Um, longtime publisher of various sports books. A lot of stuff there. All sports. Great stuff there. Uh, Cubs books. I believe our friend David Kaplan's book is on there. And our friend John Greenberg is part of there. Scott Powers, Mark Lazarus. Check us all out. Again, Shy Bears 30 triumphbooks.com All right. Um it's been an interesting day covering the Chicago Bears and uh, some of these days have popped up in 2020 during this 2020 season uh, not just in Chicago but with a lot of teams and frankly a lot of teams have had it worse than the Bears because I think overall the Bears have done a really really good job in uh, managing the pandemic and wearing masks and social distancing um but little bit of a breakout this week, it seems like. They've had three positive tests on the practice squad, and then another test came in today positive this morning. Um, we still don't know, as we're recording this, who it was, but because they were all in the building yesterday practicing, it was a Wednesday, the whole team was together. That was different from over the weekend when some of these practice squad positives started coming in. They hadn't really been around, uh, and they're with under the new protocol, everyone's home on Mondays and Tuesdays now. So um, anyway, with everyone being around, they decided to close Howell's Hall this morning. Everyone went home, virtual meetings, and then they ended up reopening it. So something came in, clearance. At this point of us recording, we don't necessarily know, but they are practicing today at Howell's Hall. Uh, in the end, though, uh, hopefully it's okay. Hopefully the Bears don't have a big breakout. I can't imagine they'd be practicing if they were worried about that. But this this all led to a question that you wanted to discuss. Yeah, Adam. yeah. So it got me thinking, and I want to know how you how you feel about this. Um, like this is 2020. This is how it's going to be. This is how it's been since since May, right? When uh, the off season program was altered or, or, or went completely virtual. 
Let me ask you, how much do you think the pandemic will factor into George McCaskey's decision-making when it comes to evaluating Ryan Pace and especially Matt Nagy this season? Well, I'm sure it's part of the equation. Um, I went this. I went through this at the end of the White Sox season with Rec Renteria because same type of situation where you had a coach that was on the hot seat would have been completely understandable for them to fire him. But you also wondered how much this weird, crazy 60-game season pandemic was going to factor into it because the White Sox did an incredible job during the season uh, with avoiding positive tests. I mean, they had Moncada who came in to training camp back in July with a positive test, and he was kind of dealing with the symptoms. But otherwise, during the season, like they really navigated it very well. And so you wondered, all right, how much does this really factor into it? But you know what happened in the end? They fired him because it's still a, a team, a franchise, and they're trying to build something. And they decided that the results weren't good enough and that a change was necessary. And so I'm to answer your question, Johns, I kind of feel the same way about this in that, yes, it's a factor. Um, I do think the Bears have done a really good job. The thing people need to realize is when you hear these like uh, close contacts, like when half the Ravens get wiped away, because not even for testing positive, just because they... Essentially, it's because they weren't following the protocols. You can be a close contact, but you don't get flagged if you are wearing a mask. If you are socially... Like, you could be in the same room as somebody tested positive. It's just because the one person tested positive doesn't mean that whole position group has to be put on the COVID list. That's only happening in the case of the Denver Broncos. The quarterbacks all met, and they weren't wearing masks. So what this tells you, if this continues the last four weeks for the Bears is that they've been following the rules. They've been diligent. And this is still a thing that you can't completely avoid. And I think that's what's happening this week. Um, but is that a reason to not make changes when you're still on a six-game losing streak? Like, I don't think the pandemic is costing the Bears wins. That's the question that should really be asked. I wanted to say, like, I think it matters to a point. However you want to define that point, that's on George McCaskey. But to me, like you said, with that six-game losing streak, they've hit that point and are already two losses past it. Put it that way. Two losses to two rivals, especially the Packers. Aaron Rodgers getting pummeled on national television and then the comeback by the Lions. Like, you're past that point because every team is dealing with this. Now, I get it that... Your quarterback competition didn't play out the way you wanted it to because of this pandemic. But the point is, Adam, you're having a quarterback competition. They don't have the right quarterback either way. Yes, yes. The competition itself needs to be looked at almost separately from the pandemic. The only excuse that they would have, in my mind, that they could blame on the pandemic in this season is not having Eddie Goldman. Yeah. You know... It, and I get it's effective practice. I understand all that, but but it, that's been the same for all the teams. Yeah, you know, it's still yes, been some an teams even, have been worse. Yeah, it's been an even playing field. And you know, I could look at the Patriots' defense right now. Didn't they have eight guys opt out or something crazy like that? 
on that side of the ball. Or maybe that was just their total. Whatever it was, they lost a lot of guys on that side of the ball. They're still playing well on defense because they're extremely well coached. So they're finding a way to win with Cam Newton who can't throw the ball anymore. It's pretty remarkable. A lot of people wanted Cam Newton in Chicago. So this brings us to our other conversation we want to bring up. Yeah, yeah. I got a column up. I just posted this. I was watching the Cowboys game the other night. They played the Ravens, Tuesday night football. And just like kind of observing the Cowboys and how much of a mess they are and how many holes they have. And I'm thinking about Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, mainly selfishly because his injury ruined my fantasy football season, okay? Um, no, but they, Dak Prescott is so good. Like it's, it's so obvious how good he is. They've missed him so much, but that being said, they have the 32nd ranked defense in the league. They have holes all over the roster. So I'm thinking about, you know, you tag him again, you sign him to an extension that still is leaving all these other holes. And where the Cowboys are right now, it might actually make more sense for them to use what looks like it could be a top four draft pick on a quarterback and take that money that, you know, quite frankly, should have gone to Prescott a long time ago, but they made mistakes. They signed Ezekiel Elliott to $90 million. Um, use that money elsewhere. And of course, if he comes on the market, how. If you're the Bears, like how do you not consider Dak Prescott? So I got a question for you. Everything we just said yeah. earlier in this show, just seconds ago. In this crazy Adam Hogue trade for Dak, Dak, Dak Prescott scenario, who's running the team? Like, Is this the I last am. swing? I'm running oh. the team. I wrote this column, and I'm it's running gotten, the team. It's gotten this bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> No, but Adam Hogue coming out. Okay, that's literally in my lead. Literally in my lead. Who's ever running the team? If Jack Prescott's available, you have to consider him. I mean, you should have drafted him five years ago. If we're being honest, in the little in the middle rounds, little. But at least back then, you could say, "Well, everybody passed on him, and he wasn't a sure thing." Well, now you know what he is. Now you know what he is. And he's going to cost you a lot of money. But supposedly, you were going to pay Mitch Trubisky anyway if Mitch yeah. Trubisky was the solution. Now, you've made some tough cap moves and put yourself in a position where, I'm not going to lie, it's really hard to pull this off. The Cowboys, despite their mistakes, are in a way better situation cap-wise in 2020 than the Bears are. So you got to you got to move something to be able to sign Dak Prescott. This strikes me more of a status quo move, like the last stand of, of Ryan Pace. George, I'm going to get this right. Here are the quarterbacks who could be potentially available after this season. Dak Prescott is number one on my list. Here's why, and if he's available, I'll even cl- trade Cleo Mack for him. Yeah, I'll get that contract off for books. Like that, that's your hypothetical here strikes me as something go bold or go home. Ryan Pace would do. See, I would disagree though because I don't, I, I don't care what status this franchise is in or rebuild, 
Super Bowl, wh- whatever. I mean, how many times are we going to go through the cycle where they don't have a quarterback? It's, it's like the only thing that should matter. Honestly, <laughs> it's they have to get a quarterback, and they're most likely going to be drafting in a position right or like best case scenario. We talked about this the other day. Like extreme best case scenario looks like seven, more likely ten. 11, 12, 13, maybe somewhere in there. We're going to see how these last four games play out. So what that means is most likely if you want to go get a guy that you think in this draft is your future quarterback, you're going to probably have to use extra draft capital to go get him. Yeah. I'll just say if they do a clean house, Ted Phillips is out, Ryan Pace is out, Matt Nagy is out then too. Whomever is running the Bears, I would just feel like they would not want to. I understand what you're saying about the quarterback, but maybe they'd want to go and get their own guy who doesn't have a serious knee injury, serious leg injury yeah. to get over, and not pay that guy a significant amount of money. They may actually use the word rebuilding, which would involve drafting their own quarterback. That's the way I feel. So you don't sound like you like. Let's just narrow this down. You don't want Dak Prescott. No, I think Dak Prescott's a... I would have questions about, about how much what? to pay him. About how much to pay him. Why? About the, By all accounts, his, that injury he had, it sounds like he's... It, that he avoided the catastrophic... Uh, I mean, it, it looked bad, absolutely. Yeah. And it was a it was a, a lot of things fracture, to get through, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things to uh, question and have your doctors look at. I mean, and then if, if Alex Smith nearly lost his leg and he's still playing football, no, I, I don't doubt that he can't come back. But it's got to be part of the conversation. Sure, sure. Well, and look, I'm not going to lie, I'll, and I also say this: I think Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback. I don't know if he's like he's going to get paid. He's going to reset the market, probably. Like, is, is he that guy? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Patrick Mahomes' contract's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I think he is, and um, you know, I use this I use this actually in a column I wrote about what the White Sox did the other day when trading for Lance Lynn. It's the difference between knowing your number one problem is fixed and hoping your number one problem is fixed. You go out and draft another quarterback in the first round, you're hoping your number one problem is fixed. And Bears fans just live that. You go get Dak Prescott, you know that problem's fixed. He's that good. He really is. He's that good. He's mm-hmm. carrying a Cowboys team this year. And not carrying him right now. <laughs> well, he was. I mean, he was carrying the they whole team. They were putting up crazy numbers. I get it. I get it. And, and I look, it. I get it. This is complicated because you tr- obviously, if you trade Mac, Mac, by the way, Mac, Mac is just a piece of this thing. Mac, um, and, and I maybe I didn't do a good enough job in the column of explaining this part of it because it just didn't seem to like go into the minutia of salary cap and signing bonuses and all that crap in December really matters. I mean, we, we can talk about all that, but the reality is you make this trade, the Bears do have to eat the signing bonus numbers already. So it actually doesn't free up as much cap space as you would think just for like a one-to-one swap there. It's not like it's $30 million against the cap for a Prescott contract and $30 million, I think it's 25 actually for, for Mac, whatever. Um, 
The point is you might actually have to trade more to free up more space elsewhere. I don't know. Or, uh, And this is actually where I want to bring in Kent, our producer, because he's a Cowboys guy. He's our uh, resident Cowboys expert. Um, <laughs> Appreciate that. I don't know if I'd go the, that the other, far, but... But, but the other side of this, Kent, is would the Cowboys even want to do this deal? Yeah, it's funny you you talk about this because, um, you know, you and I were talking about this off the air a little bit this week. And so I brought this up on our Cowboys podcast about them Cowboys. And it's funny because the conversation leading up to that was how bad the defense is, how this might be a multi-offseason fix to get this team right. And, um, you know... Uh, it was my opinion that the Cowboys really could have used Khalil Mack a lot more than they could have used Dak Prescott against the uh, Ravens. Watch if you watched them the other night, mm-hmm. and the Ravens ran all over this team. They yeah. can't stop anybody. Um, you know, even when Dak was here this year, he was putting up 500 yards a game, and and they weren't winning. Um, so there's a lot of questions to ask. You know, I, I think the biggest question is if you're Dak Prescott, what do you do? You know, I think you're absolutely right. They did him wrong. They should have signed him before they signed Ezekiel Elliott, before they signed Demarcus Lawrence, before they signed Jalen Smith. And, you know, they didn't end up getting a, a deal done this year, which they were convinced was going to happen. Uh, and then Dak goes out and gets hurt, you know, and now he's sitting here thinking, you know, what am I going to do? Of course, he wants to end up in Dallas, but um, I don't think he'll take a hometown discount given how the situation has played out. Um, and I think there's another factor you have to think about, and that's Mike McCarthy. Does Dak Prescott want to go through a rebuild and let Mike McCarthy find his legs for the next two or three years, you know, where he really hits a groove and has taken a team to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Um, so if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm looking around the league at what teams I can maybe win a championship with here in the next three to four years. And, you know, if you're looking for a defense that can hold up their end of the bargain, Chicago's certainly got to be at the top of the list. You know, maybe you look at Indy. Uh, maybe you look at Denver, um, but you know th- that would be at the top three for me if I'm Dak Prescott. And you know, I, I think the Cowboys, if you're getting Khalil Mack in return, that's they got to consider that. They got to consider that. And um, you know, maybe the one reservation would be the Bears are in the NFC, and that might put Jerry in the grave to see Dak Prescott in the playoffs or possibly lose to Dak Prescott in the playoffs and have them win a Super Bowl. I don't know if he could handle that. If the Bears were in the AFC, I think it'd be much more likely to happen um, just because you're not having to go through him every year. But um, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily out of the question at all. I just wanted to be known that I workshopped this trade with Kent and Mike Allardyce, who runs our site at NBCSportsChicago.com, Johns. They're both Cowboys guys, and they both said that they would do it. If you have a top five pick this year, you have to you have to consider it. I mean, you've got e- email to... it to Mr. Pace, then uh, Mr. Hogg. <laughs> yeah, and when he what's he gonna do? It I'll, I'll it? say this: this is what I agree <laughs> with you about, especially if the the current regime returns. And I I don't know if fans would like this, but if the current regime returns for whatever the reason, whether it's the pandemic excuse we just talked about, whether it's the contracts that Nagy and Pace still have. If the current regime returns, they should do what they didn't do this season and take that huge swing at getting that quarterback um, before the draft. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of going for Nick Foles, let's take a look at Philip Rivers or a Tom Brady. Let's bring Teddy Bridgewater in for a serious visit. So in this case, Dick Prescott would be number one on my list. Maybe Matthew Stafford number two. Ooh, ugh. I think I just threw up a little bit. Um, 
I think there's a big gap between Prescott and Stafford. But you did say Ooh, one I don't and know. two. I just look at the numbers. I don't know. But I know what you're saying. Um, I, I prefer Prescott over Stafford. Prescott would be number one on my list. But if if there's a team like the Colts in the mix and Prescott gets a say in all this. Yeah, I was going to say the, the competition matters here. Uh, and I would think that both the 49ers and Colts would be incredibly interested. Um, given what Kent just said, it'd probably be the Coyote, the, the Cowboys um, preference to send him to the AFC. And Indianapolis has a ton. The Indianapolis is sitting in a really good spot because they have a lot of cap space and a team ready to win now and they need a quarterback. So You've really soured on Matthew Stafford, by the way. And I've been... I've I've criticized him probably more than you in the past, but your your departure from previous Stafford praise this year is notable. Weren't you just touting him like as a MVP candidate like two or three years ago? Uh, last year he was in the, but that's because he was. That wasn't me like predicting he'd be MVP. It was just me saying what I was seeing when the when they were before he got hurt last year. He was in the MVP conversation. He wasn't the MVP, but he was in the conversation. Um, and I thought that there was a chance he could return to that form this year, but it hasn't happened. And I think um, – I don't know. You just see the impact that quarterbacks have in this league, even when they're not on great teams. And there's just something missing there with Stafford. No, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. I, I, I don't and know. There's more intangibles to like about um, – Prescott, so that's why Prescott would be no, number one on my list. Um, but yeah, that that whatever whatever the the compensation is, it, it, it would seem to matter, especially with a team like the Bears um, with serious salary cap issues. Yeah, and, and but again, it's the quarterback. I get it. You're, yeah, you're, I mean, and that's the point. I'm it's, coming around to the idea here, Adam. Well, the point is that it's it's. If you have somebody like Dak Prescott available, and we don't even know if he's going to be available, quite frankly, but if he is, you're the Bears. You have to be heavily involved in that conversation. I think what makes it very unique, too, is this would be what? Prescott's fifth or sixth season, right? Like the, yeah. the youth Six of, of, of this move. I mean, Stafford's been in the league since, what, 2010, 2009? Prescott's one year older than Trubisky. Think about it like that. He's one year older than Trubisky. There you go. I mean, you ha- you have to consider it, and that's the point. Like, even if it costs you Khalil Mack, now we can get into the minutia again. And I know people, because it's especially Twitter, that's what they're going to focus on, and I- and that's fine. Um, does trading Mack specifically uh, solve your cat problems? No, not entirely. But you have to give up something, and I'm trying to give up something that's not your potential top 10 first round pick too like that's part of it maybe you have to trade Kyle Fuller maybe that's part of the conversation I I would say this you may not solve your cap problems but there's a good chance you're solving your long-standing quarterback problem yeah and I think that alone would take precedence again I have questions about what that deal would encompass that's why I think you're a little bit crazy because you don't see these moves come about too often, but at the same time, if you're running the Bears like you're running the Bears all of a sudden, I think it's something that has to be seriously considered, especially if things continue to go sour down in Dallas. Which is the point. You have to consider this stuff. That's all That's all I'm saying. That's really all it is. You, you, you Maybe you need to think like a, like a, what, what did Sylvie 
say the other day a boob fan? Maybe you need to think like a boob fan sometimes. I'm just a boob fan. <laughs> and that could go all sorts of different ways. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Now you up. I think the Cowboys would take Robert Quinn, too, if you're trying to get off that contract, too. Yeah, they, they, they well, wanted okay. to re-sign him, and he, well, he, was, he well, led the team in sacks last year. If that's the case, I am in, in, in. I think they would do that, Take. honestly. The Cowboys value him. I know the Bears don't at this point, but it's all about what the other team values, right? Kent, if that's the case, just just sign me up. Pay with Dick Prescott, whatever you want now. There's no salary cap problems. If that's you know? the case, then... Now you f***ed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In deal. Take them all. Wow, that'd be amazing. Um, then you would, then the Cowboys would have the record for highest paid pass rushers ever between Demarcus Lawrence and Khalil Mack. And, by the way, for those saying that the Cowboys wouldn't do that deal, you got to factor in, though, the Bears have to eat the salary cap, uh, the cap on the, the bonuses. So Mack's number going somewhere else to a different team would actually be lower. It'd actually be valuable, quite frankly. Um, and some people are getting a little too crazy about Mac. Like, oh, he's terrible. He's not terrible. He's just not living up to the trade right now. And he did in 2018. But he's still very, very effective on the tape. So if you're a different team like the Cowboys and you're looking at that and you're saying, how do we fix our defense? Well, pairing Mac at a lower number with Demarcus Lawrence actually makes a lot of sense. So if, especially if you're not going to keep Prescott, which is a serious conversation that is actually happening in Dallas right now. It's not like this is being made up. If you so, can't keep Prescott, I mean, they might yeah. be in a position where they literally, they, they can't work out a deal. And then what are you going to do? And I think this is a great option if you're them. Man, Done. if you're Ryan Pace right now, though, these are the things you put on George McCaskey's table. I'm telling you, like if, if, if to you want your job, if you want another swing at this, yeah. Be like, Hey George, we can make this work. I pulled off a trade for Cleo Mack. It can happen. But see now, John, you're now you're getting people off my bandwagon because now you just made it sound like I saved Pace's job, and now they're gonna be upset about that. Come on, sorry. Right. Uh, Don't check your mentions. I'm sure when I go back to Twitter after this podcast, everything is gonna be calm. It's like Twitter usually is. All right, let's bring in Aaron Reese, who covers the Houston Texans for The Athletic. On Twitter, you can find him at Aaron J. Reese. That's R-E-I-S-S. And you should be following him this week as the Bears get set to face the Texans. It's been an interesting year for you down there, Aaron. A lot of change, and yet uh, through it all, Deshaun Watson still continues to look really, really, really good. Yeah, that's probably the uh, that's the quickest way to summarize this season is like him uh, him rising above all the chaos, kind of, but it ultimately not uh, resulting in, in a better record for them. I know what he said this week that the he isn't bothered by the Bears um, passing on him, but like you've covered him, like there's got to be a little bit of extra motivation for for Deshaun Watson in this, given that he was the third quarterback to go in 2017, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I think he uh, he's not going to say it on uh, on the, the Zoom press conference when he kind of has a time to prepare and knows those are going to be the questions that are asked. But during the summer, he tweeted something. I don't remember what led to him doing this that day, but or he tweeted something about how, in all caps, the Bears had no interaction with him or, what, or whatever the exact phrasing of it was. So, you know, I mean, I think he uh, he clearly was upset by that. And I think, you know, any we've all covered these guys. You don't get to this level, and you certainly don't get to be as good of a quarterback as he is if you don't kind of uh, – 
create slights in your head and stuff. So, and he doesn't have to really create one here. I mean, obviously is uh pretty obvious. They didn't show an interest in him. So I expect him to be a little bit extra motivated for sure. Well, plus I think Patrick Mahomes said all the right things before last year's game at Soldier Field. And then there he was after he scored a touchdown counting to 10 for <laughs> the draft pick. So, um, I, you know, that's how these guys get motivated. And honestly, Deshaun Watson, you know, should feel that way. Cause he was third when it was all said and done with these quarterbacks. But, um, what what's the state of this Texans team? I mean, the Bears have lost six in a row, and there's not much optimism about this week, I feel like. Um, but the Texans have kind of found ways to win, and even last week I know it was a heartbreaking loss for them, but they were in it against the Colts. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think at this point, obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs. No one's expecting them to make the playoffs. Uh, that wasn't really probably realistic, even after they fired Bill O'Brien, as much as they kind of wanted to say heading into the trade deadline, they were focused on winning in the second half of the season and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I think they are clearly probably not, not as bad of a four and eight team as a lot of teams. They had a really tough record at the beginning of the season uh, and they've lost some close games. They're pretty close. Uh, if they get a two point conversion against the Titans late uh, and then they, you know, they don't fumble at the two yard line against Indy this past week, they might be four and in the division and, and six and six. So, you know, this t- team probably is a little more talented, especially the quarterback position than its record would indicate. But at this point, all they're kind of hoping for is uh, that, you know, Deshaun Watson doesn't get hurt. There's a lot of speculation in, in this town about a uh, regime change with maybe Ryan Pace on the hot seat, Matt Nagy on the way out, maybe even a possible presidential change here in Chicago with Ted Phillips on the hot seat a bit. You've already had the Bill O'Brien firing. You're already, you, you have, you're covering a team that's already in the, in the search process that they've enlisted Jimmy Johnson, uh, Tony Dungy, Andre Johnson, some other guys for help. So, I'm curious, like, what do you make of the situation that the Texans maybe present interested candidates? Like, how interested should the the best candidates be in the in the Texans? Yeah, you know, I uh, um I, I was kind of kicking this back and forth with Kevin Fishbane, uh, one of our other colleagues, covers the Bears about um, this topic, comparing the Bears' job to this job if if the Bears were to be open. I think you know, people kind of the big hit on the Texans' job is. Obviously, the the lack of draft capital coming up, or the um, you know the the bad contracts Bill O'Brien has saddled this team with, and and those things are, are real concerns. But I mean, I don't think any of it really lasts past this season, next next season. You know, I mean, with the as we know in the NFL, kind of no contract lasts as long as it, it's written paper to last. You know, it can, they can get out of it earlier. And you look at just the cap, the way it's set up, they can basically get out of all their bad deals. Uh, most of them after this season and almost all of them by 2022 uh, by 2022 they'll have you know their full set of, of draft capital again and you know even if they had the picks in 2021 but they didn't have the quarterback you're spending that first round pick um, to hopefully find the quarterback right whereas here the Texans not just have their answer at quarterback they have maybe one of the best the second best quarterback in the league third best quarterback in the league depending on how you want to say it you know I think if you were starting a team right now he probably is second to Mahomes in terms of who you'd want to start your team with. Do you think they have an edge in starting early here? Do, do you think there's anything to be gained by talking to Tony Dungy, Jimmy Johnson, and whatnot here on December 10th at 12.53 p.m.? Do, do you think there's a benefit in having this playing out already for them? I think, I think maybe a little. I mean, I think they can at least talk to, um, you know, GMs who are not employed, whether it's, you know, Thomas Dimitrioff or there's a lot of rumors about John Dorsey, right? I, I don't know if either of those guys get the job, but I think you at least, um, if, 
you there's value in interviewing people, right? There's especially right now when we can do it all over Zoom, you don't have to fly people in. You can kind of get a lot of perspectives. Um, and you know, even if you don't ultimately hire them, they might tell you a thing or two that you think is useful to keep in mind uh, in the future. So I, I guess from that perspective, but you know, ultimately, I think it was just a matter of O'Brien really lost the team uh, after Owen four. I think his his personality and kind of grades on people that's been well documented. I think especially when the team is not winning, and and that's just kind of where they were at. Uh, they felt they needed to make a change. I would argue they probably should have made the change uh, last year. You know, they made the playoffs, obviously, but you blow that big lead in the playoffs to, to Kansas City. And there's a lot of evidence the team was really not that good. I think there's like the fourth team this century to win, win 10 games with a negative point differential on the season. You know, they went had a really impossibly good record and, and won score games, uh, had a winning record, I think, when trailing at halftime. You know, those are just things that were not sustainable. This team was probably not as good as uh, – as the record showed. And I think the owner, Cal McNair, probably could have figured that out if, if he had looked at some of those other um, things beyond winning losses. not then, how about when the Hopkins trade happened? I, I mean... It, right, right. Because I think I, I think you... Yeah, you, no, I mean... The, the, the major question from all that was like, how was that trade even allowed to occur? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, and that's, and that's what I think, you know, I've written before and I said it, and it's not... I mean, I'm not the only one. Like, I think... A lot of fans want to celebrate the fact that O'Brien is gone, and understandably so. But I think you also have to consider that the person who's calling the shots here is going to make the decision. Cal McNair also signed off on him, you know, becoming the GM. He signed off on them trading for DeAndre Hopkins. And yet, uh, four games into the season against, you know, at least three really good teams in Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Kansas City. And, you know, Vikings are in the playoff picture right now, too. That was their own four start. You know, he needed that to realize this was a mistake. And I think if, if, that's kind of where his judgment, that's what he needed to make his judgment. Um, that should raise some questions about kind of like how, how much thought he's really putting into this. If he really is kind of getting a sense of the picture, um, you know, so uh, yeah, it's uh, the Hopkins trade you think would be kind of the, uh, the end point. I mean, if nothing else, even if he hadn't traded Hopkins, he, he still empowered uh, McNair empowered O'Brien to, you know, be the GM gave him the title and stuff after he blew this big uh, playoff lead against the chiefs. Who is this Jack Easterby? <laughs> <laughs> and why? Like, did I read this right? This guy used to be like a team chaplain somewhere. Like, and, and now he's he was uh he was a chaplain of the Chiefs, and then he was uh the like character coach for the Patriots. And uh, you know, I think that his title of the Patriots didn't quite do justice to everything he did. Like, there, I mean, you read a lot of reporting from different Boston media outlets. He did gain more and more responsibilities with time, but certainly no one I think thought he would end up becoming the interim general manager or executive vice president of football operations, which is what his title was before that. But, you know, I mean, basically what happened is O'Brien brought him in when they still had Brian Gain, the other general manager who had the job for a year. And then Brian Gain got fired after they win 11 games with, you know, signing Tyron Matthew in a one-year deal, doing some other really, you know, shrewd stuff. And in hindsight, definitely not a sort of track record that I think deserved to get fired after a year, even if he wasn't uh, perfect. Uh, and then, you know, they didn't end up hiring a new general manager. So O'Brien kind of takes that mantle and then he, he, trots Easterby out as his, his right-hand man and everything. And, and that kind of set up a uh, um, sort of a, a boogeyman persona for him here because he, you know, he was advertised as doing everything during this time that the team has had its downfall, but he doesn't really talk with media. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's been, uh, it's, I mean, the situation would have been bad. The public approval would have been bad uh, anyway, but they've made it worse in kind of the way they've handled it. As our listeners know, I like using the word boogeyman, and that I've used that to describe somebody else in the uh, the the Bears front office. All right, all right, quickly, Aaron, we know you got to run. How you feeling about this game? Any matchups you like, don't like uh, for the Texans? Um, who do you think is going to win? 
Yeah, I mean, I think one matchup to watch is what happens with the Texans corners. They lost their uh, their top corner, Bradley Roby, to a, uh, a PED suspension along with Will Fuller uh, last week. And so their top corners are Philip Gaines and Vernon Hargraves, two guys on one-year deals that combine to count for a little more than $2 million against the cap, which, you know, is probably not as much money as you want to have invested in corner in the NFL today. Uh, so they're really thin at corner, and this, uh, Gaines, one of those guys, along with two other corners, didn't practice um, on Wednesday. So that's not a good sign. I think Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky could have a little more success but I think if there is a team you're going to play um, when you're really thin at corner and defense is hurting, it probably is the Bears. And so I like the Texans still being able to uh, come out on top in this one, especially as it seems like the Bears defense is kind of cracking and, and Watson is, you know, continuing to play at an elite it's level. It's all fair. It's all fair. And the, the for me, it's all about the Watson factor. We're going to get into this later as we make our own picks. But I just I don't know how you can ignore that at this point. Uh, appreciate the time. Really good stuff, Aaron. And um Again, we say this every week, but first time to you. Usually we'd say see you on Sunday. That's not going to happen. It's 2020, uh, but we appreciate all the, the, the good insight here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, good stuff from Aaron Reese and the Texans side of things. The Texans are another team, as we talked about Dallas earlier in this podcast. The Texans are another team that's going to have a fascinating offseason. Um, we'll see if the Bears are added to that list. But for now, the Texans and Bears play each other this weekend. And it's time for our three big questions. Adam, what would you set the over-under at? on references of the 2017 draft by the broadcast team. So I need a clarification. like um, Graphics spe- included? Like they specifically talk about the draft. Does like, um, does like a casual mention in like the third quarter where they go, and this is why the Bears shouldn't have passed on Watson. Does that count? Yes. Okay. So pretty much anything that goes back to the decision to draft Trubisky over Watson. Seven. Seven. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say <laughs> 10 or 12. Like There's going to be all sorts of graphics. There's going to be at least... Maybe I should have, have, have specified, made this about graphics. Like I think the over-under on, on 2017 specific graphics that fans see, I'll set that at four and a half. Forget what the broadcast team okay. says because they're going to say it all the time. 
Like every single pass. Oh, that's why they should have drafted, you know, Watson or Mahomes. But like in terms of graphics where you see the guys or there's like yards used or wins used, whatever, four and a half. All right, I'll take the – you know what? I'll take the under on that, but the over on references. Okay, okay. Yeah. Question number two. Will Mitch Trubisky play better against Deshaun Watson than he did against Patrick Mahomes? That's an interesting way to phrase this question because Trubisky actually did play pretty well last week, and I actually thought it was trending okay even against Green Bay other than, you know, a handful. Hand, not even a handful. It was like a couple turnovers and then when he ran out of bounds, which was stupid. And then last week he played pretty well, but then he had the turnover. Um, but he was pretty bad against Mahomes. Yeah. 18 for 34, 157 yards, three sacks, and a 65.4 passer rating. Yeah, he plays better. He'll play better Sunday than he did last year. Just because, well, that's that was a red-hot Chiefs team on the way to a Super Bowl. This is the Texans, and their defense stinks. And they got a great quarterback, but not a great team. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs were in so I, the Chiefs were in control of that game so quickly. If memory serves, that like I don't know, that wasn't an ideal situation for Trubisky to be in. I would say this game is like a fairer fight. There you go. Now. Between the teams. Say, yes, not between the teams. <laughs> not between the quarterbacks, but yes, between the teams. Yes, I, wanted, I was going to yeah. clarify you beat me to it. Between the teams, this is like a fair fight um, just in terms of where these teams are, are headed. All right, question number three. Will the Bears actually sack the quarterback? Will they actually get to Deshaun Watson? So everything we just said about Khalil Mack earlier in the show, you know, Robert Quinn, who's already on his way to the Cowboys, according to our producer, Kent, like, <laughs> what are these guys going to do against Deshaun Watson? Uh, I do think they get once, at least one sack. Uh, Watson's very elusive, obviously, but he's also always running for his life, and he does get sacked a lot. He does take a lot of hits. That's one of my worries about him. Uh, not that it's his fault. So, yeah. I mean, unless the Bears pull off this trade for Dak Prescott before Sunday, I think... Um, <laughs> I think they sacked. You love Watson. that trade. You absolutely. You're like you know. You're gonna keep. You're so hopeful that this comes to not like just that. There's a lot of trade rumors about Dak Prescott. Dak, Dak Prescott, aren't you? Yeah, that's what I hope. I guess is yeah, that it's so, at least yeah. a conversation. Not necessarily that they trade Khalil Mack. Like I said earlier, I don't know necessarily know how realistic that is. I mean, but you got to give up something for him. Yeah. And yeah, you don't want yeah. to give up your draft pick. Like, what if you have the number nine overall pick and you're like the new GM that has to rebuild this team? Not that we're getting on that conversation again, but like, you don't want to trade the pick. I would, though. By the way, if that's a conversation, I'd still trade the pick for Prescott. We can't say his name today. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. You better get used to it. Chicago Bears quarterback, Dak Prescott. D- pack Dresscott. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I think they sack the quarterback. I'm going to say they don't. Okay. That's not going to help I'm this trade, though. really concerned about this. <laughs> it's true. I need Mac to finish the season with like five sacks here, okay? Yeah, that'll help. That'll help. Get that trade value up. That might save Ryan Pace's job. Yeah. Uh, probably not. 
Um, all right. Gold predictions. I'll go first. Eddie Jackson makes an interception. That should not be a bold pick. It's extremely it, bold, but it is. What has happened to this defense? It's unbelievable. It is. I want to say it's personnel. I want to say it's a lot coaching. It's there's there's something off. Like we we knew they were gonna miss Vic Fangio. Like he brought a different type of vibe to that defense. And I like Chuck Pagano. He seems all right, but something's not working. I, I don't think he's getting the best out of what this this talent can provide. This brings up another thing. I was uh, I may actually save this for my ten bears things, but I'll I'll tease it now. Because I brought this up on the radio the other night. Why isn't Brandon Staley the defensive coordinator of the Bears? He was already in your building. Yeah. he's He was a guy who studied Vic Fangio's scheme forever to the point that he gets hired on the staff. Nothing but good things said about him when he was here. Got Khalil Mack ready in four days, although I think Khalil Mack had a lot to do with Khalil Mack getting ready in four days. After that trade, it's clearly doing a pretty decent job with Leonard Floyd again this year. He's doing a darn good job with that defense in, in Los Angeles. If Sean McVay could identify Brandon Staley as the guy he wanted as his defensive coordinator, mind you, they got rid of Wade Phillips, like an iconic defense coordinator, to bring in Brandon Staley. He identified him just from playing against Vic Fangio. It happened in 2018 when he played against the Bears and got beat. Then the Patriots took that and used that against him in the Super Bowl that year. And then he play, I think they played the Broncos. Like Basically, he got tired of facing Vic Fangio's defense, so he hired Vic Fangio's defense by hiring Brandon Staley. If he could identify that from playing against them, why didn't the Bears identify? Like that's, I think that's a completely fair question. Here's my prediction. Two or three years from now, we'll say two. Two years from now, you're talking about head coach candidate Brandon Staley. I'm not so sure. It's not this year. Yeah, yeah. People like the young guys. I mean, probably not because they're not really hiring defensive coaches the same way offensive coaches are getting hired. But but there's so many offensive coaches that just come and go and fail now. Right. Like some of them flame out fast. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, I got to give a bold prediction, I guess. How about Eddie Jackson doesn't have a missed tackle this week? <laughs> Party Jackson. He's taking it to him all of a sudden. But it's all fair. Go ahead. I'm listening. It's yeah. all fair. Um. All right. Predictions. 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 I'm going to say 31-27. Texans. Both Offense. quarterbacks play well. Both defenses struggle. And if it's a shootout, you go with the better quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I I, I think Trubisky's going to have a good day, actually. But just not he's, he's not going to be great enough. It won't be a great enough day to beat Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'll say Texans 27, Bears 23. So similar, minus one or two scores. Yeah, I just don't know that's going to be that high scoring. It's going to be cold. Sunny, though, I think. Sunday, but cold, I think. 
All right. Uh, other games we should talk about and get through here. Um, so, by the way, the Bears are one and a half point underdogs at this point. That line's been sort of all over the place. Texans were favored by three. I think it went back down to even, and and I didn't understand that at all. But now it's at Bears at one and a half point underdogs against the Texans. So I think they should be underdogs. Otherwise, uh, noon on Fox against the Bears game, you have the Cardinals at the Giants. The Giants are one and a half point home underdogs. How crazy is it that the Giants have the same record now as the Bears? Well, I believe they're five and three in their last eight. Yeah. That's half the season. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I'm going to take the Giants in this one. I think the Cardinals are on the the way out of the playoff conversation. They are. Um, this is going to be a game, though, where I'm going to factor in the rebound. You know, sometimes we get too caught up on what's been happening lately, um, and things tend to adjust in the NFL. So I just have this weird feeling that the Cardinals... Uh, they had a similar game as this a couple weeks ago. They flew out to New England and played the Patriots and really should have won. I think this time they go back to that part of the country. They're in New York, and they pull out a win against a Giants team that I still think they're better than. Like I still think the Cardinals are a better team overall than the Giants. So I will take, I'll take the Cardinals in that one. Chris, uh, Matt Nagy has always been kind of the past half-full kind of guy. This is not nice. Uh, also noon on Fox, the Vikings get a nice little December trip to Tampa. Except they got to face Tom Brady and the Bucks. The Bucks are six and a half point favorites in this one. They've really fallen off the uh, the popular pick to like DVOA. The football outsiders are so high in these guys, and they've yep. just yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like they've really just. Maybe You're talking the about team. the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, they're really not the team everybody thought they're going to be. I'm going to go with the Vikings here because the Vikings are playing some good football. Uh, my guy, Kirk Cousins, might outplay Tom Brady in this one. Um, so I'm going to take them to win. I mean, they got the points anyway, so give me the uh, the Vikings in this one. The Vikings are incredibly hard for me to figure out. Because, so are the Buccaneers, though. Yeah, they are. But the Vikings are actually doing what I said they do this year, which is get better as the season goes along. And the defense is doing what I said it would do, improving as the season goes along because they're well-coached, they're young. Do you know that the Vikings are now ninth in DVOA on defense? What? Yeah. When did that happen? I mean, because you look at this matchup and you're going, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like these receivers should run all over this Vikings secondary. But like the Vikings defense has actually been pretty good lately. And then here's the thing, though. They still lost to the Cowboys at home. And they almost lost to the Jaguars last week at home. The Vikings. So, even though the trend is going in what I said it and what I thought it would, they're still kind of struggling. So, I don't know. I'm going to say the Bucks win this game, but don't cover it. The Vikings keep it close enough. The spread's too high at six and a half. You're not listening, Chris. Packers, Lions in Detroit this week. Fox 325 game is the Packers are just permanently in that 325 spot, basically, um, when they're not on primetime. Seven and a half point road favorites, the Packers here in this game. Packers in a route. Mm. Sorry, Daryl Bevel. 
Um, I would usually go that way. I went that way last week in the uh, Packers-Eagles game. Got that one right. But they've had this weird thing where they go into Detroit lately and they come out flat. They don't play all that well and the game ends up being closer. Um, I don't know how much I'm buying that their Lions comeback win against the Bears is going to give them any kind of extra juice or anything like that. But uh, I'm going to go with the series trend here recently and say the Packers win but don't cover. That's close. Chris Emma. Robert, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Rottweiler. There you go. Man, Chris Emma's going to come after you. <laughs> yeah. Probably. That's fine. Uh, Sunday Night Football, NBC 720. Steelers at Bills. This is a great game. Bills. I am all aboard the Bills bandwagon. You are? Oh, Why? yeah. Why? Yeah. Did you see that game Josh Allen played the other night? Josh Allen's good. Yeah. Yeah, talk about a coaching staff that maximizes what a player can do well and just the guy's gotten better as a passer. Like, remember when his completion percentage was a big deal coming out of Wyoming? The guy's completing 70% of his passes this year. Yeah. Steelers, eh, give me the Bills. You know, the Bills, uh, it's actually a big story in Buffalo. Like it, A lot like it is here that, you know, the Bears passed on Mahomes. And, um, you know, the Bills are the ones that traded with the Chiefs, that pick. And so that's always been a big story in Buffalo, too. But they ended up getting Josh Allen. And Josh Allen looks pretty good. So it's a little bit easier to live with, right? Plus, they got the picks in that deal. But um, two and a half point favorites here at home against the Steelers. I think I agree with you. I think I like the Bills. Um, and not, and this could be a dangerous thing because, like you, re, like I was just talking about, like sometimes you react a little bit too much to what's been going on. So just because the Steelers lost a bad game this week, um, it might be the smarter thing is to go with the Steelers on the rebound. But I don't know. I like the Bills. They're well coached. Josh Allen's been making plays. They're at home. This is a huge game for them. I think they win, and I'm even going to say they cover two and a half. Josh Allen has taken the incremental, incremental. Like we can't talk to the incremental developmental steps that you hoped Mitch Trubisky would take year after year after year. He's having an outstanding third season. Yeah. All right, last game. We use the word Oski. Monday night, actually a pretty decent game here too on the AFC side of things. ESPN 715 Ravens at Browns. The Browns are one-point home underdog. Um, we're getting a lot of Steelers and Ravens games lately yeah. because of the scheduling and they're on prime time like every week now. I'm kind of excited to see in uh, Baker Mayfield in prime time. Give me Baker in this one. Just a, a gut pick. The Ravens are a great team. L- Lamar Jackson bounced back to, in his last game. Um, Mayfield. I'm going to take the Ravens. I think that uh, they got back on track against the Cowboys. Browns are still the Browns. They're weird. They're One week they're playing well, one week they're not. You never know what you're going to get. I'm going to take the Ravens. They're still a little bit in a, defer- de- a desperate spot. They're getting guys back. Mark Andrews should be back for them in this game. Uh, Lamar Jackson looked pretty good, so I'm going to take Baltimore. So, All right. Again, problem solved. Trades done. This is what we do here. Dak Prescott for Khalil Mack 
and to throw in Robert Quinn. See, I wanted to throw in Nick Foles. Ooh. To throw give them, on. You're fine. To Do give it. them the veteran to mentor the young quarterback. I got um, a trade proposal for you. I know. But wouldn't run. you just re-sign Andy Dalton then? Yeah. How about trade Nick Foles back to Philadelphia? Oh. After they trade Carson Wentz. To who? You no, want Carson Wentz in Chicago? No, I don't. I, no, 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 no. Um, we'll let it play out. <laughs> I have no Maybe idea. Maybe go back in time and draft Dak Prescott, and then you don't have to draft Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and then if even even if you didn't do that, you could, I don't know, draft Jalen Hurts. <laughs> this but, is not a Marvel movie, Adam. Yeah. We cannot do that. Need the time stone. Is that what's called a time stone? Very good. Yeah. I like those. Those are good. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Get his book, Shy Bears 30 is the code. 30% off the big 50 Chicago Bears. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We appreciate it. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Read me, NBCSportsChicago.com. Read that column I wrote on Mac. Write me something Let them hear it on Twitter. Yeah, then write something mean to me on Twitter. That's fine. That's what I'm here for. Just solving problems. Getting yelled at for it. We'll talk to you after the game on Sunday. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>